This is the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Bounty Hunters, we don't need that scum. A UTV Patreon exclusive featuring Star Wars news and discussion beyond the expanded universe. I have never met a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. And now, it's time to collect those credits. As you will. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Hello, everyone. Happy Sunday. Happy Fourth of July for all of those that celebrate. Welcome to Bounty Hunt, a UTV Network podcast where we hunt down all the extra content in the Star Wars universe. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me today is the full crew to talk about the latest episode of The Bad Batch. <gasps> Dr. Corey Helton's here. Fresh off night shift. I know. Sorry, I got a mouthful of chocolate. Mm, yeah. so delicious. <laughs> just, just that's the way we like you. That's right. Um, and then so with a mouthful of chocolate, mouthful of chili, Dr. Charles Hankel. Hey, man. <laughs> Hey, Court, you're not going to share that chocolate? I would also like some chocolate. I mean, I, we rude, can try. Frankly. We can try to do that. What's that Brady Bunch <laughs> shit where we like hand it up? You're right, let's see. Uh, uh, all right, get it. There you go. There you go. I, <laughs> nothing. I, nothing. I, I was, honestly it thought it was go diagonal. Uh, this what? way. Here we go. Get it. All right. Get it. Get it. This is so <laughs> oh wow yeah, still nothing son of a gun <laughs> also my goodness y'all spoiled with the four panel they didn't know wes jenkins was here so you don't get a good segue today happy fourth of july everyone i don't need a segue for america's birthday that's right check it out these are actually one of our softball hats so they came in pretty <laughs> freaking it. handy <laughs> Well, guys, in honor of the 4th of July holiday, we're going to spend today talking about a traitorous planet. Uh, as we said, this is our recap show about the Bad Batch. We're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 10, Common Ground. A spoiler warning right now, we're going to be doing full spoilers on what happened in the episode. We're going to recap it. We're going to talk about some themes and some cool questions. So if you haven't seen this episode, pause us, watch it, and come on back. We're, we're digital media. We'll be here. You know, we don't we don't expire until the heat death of the universe, which is closer than we all think. All right. So this this is bounty hunt, y'all. This is a weird one. I can already feel it. All right. This episode, uh, we begin on Raxis, uh, the former capital of the separatist movement, where the Empire is imposing a bunch of strict regulations. They try to use Senator Avi Singh as their mouthpiece, but eventually he refuses is arrested and tells his trusty droid at GS8 to follow his orders and contact Sid. Back to the Bad Batch. Sid sends the Batch to go free the Senator, but without Omega this time to keep her safe. And they discuss how odd it is for them to head to a separatist world after all they've been through. Meanwhile, Omega notices a bunch of Sid's patrons playing Dejaric and discovers she has a knack for the strategy game, and she begins playing and working back to Bad Batch's debt. Back on the mission, the Bad Batch expertly breaks into the building housing the Senator for their extraction mission, stunning clones, hacking security, and just being badasses all the way around. After obtaining the Senator, the crew commandeers an old Clone Wars ATTE walker, and they begin barging through the square in an attempt to escape. Tons of units of clones come out and take them down on foot and in walkers, but the crew uses the subterranean tunnel system to escape with Senator Singh, who lives to fight another day. The Bad Batch then returns to Sid, where they find out that Omega has successfully erased their entire debt with her Dejaric winnings, and Hunter challenges her to a game himself for her chance to join them back in the field. All right, Jets, let's do what we always do. Let's go around, rate this episode 1 to 10. Charles, let's start with you. 
All right. So this was definitely more of like a one-off episode. It wasn't kind of following the overall story. And that's why I've been giving some recent episodes, some nines. Most of the one-offs I've given sevens. I'm giving this one an eight though. Mostly because uh, the animation, this planet was incredible. And I really actually enjoyed uh, the Senator and his droid as characters. I kind of felt like they could have been like secondary characters in a novel. Like if there was a book mm. talking about um, Raxus and I don't know, some Jedi or the rebellion was there. I felt like they could have been kind of characters in a novel. Really enjoyed it. So eight. That's really cool. Uh, fun fact, the droid GS8 was voiced by the actress. I forget her name right now, but she's the sister in Fleabag. If anyone watched Fleabag on Amazon Prime, she's the one that goes, I look like a pencil. So fun fact, <laughs> uh, Fleabag's great. Go watch it. Wes, one to ten, man. What do you think? I'm gonna give this one a seven point eight. Um, I like like Charles had said, the animation in this was great. Like you could see the the light pouring through the trees on mm -hmm. on Raxus, which was really cool. Um, and we got our first uh, glimpses of um, basically the Empire taking stronghold and somebody rebelling against it. So I really enjoyed. Ooh, yeah. That. Um, Great point. So that yeah, that was a really good part. So that's wasn't the uh, it kind of felt kind of felt like a filler episode, right? I mean, mm -hmm. but um, that's kind of why I gave it a little bit of a lower rating. But I did like the animation, and um, um, there was a the first there was a couple first instances that we can get into later on. Love that, Corey. How about you? Yeah, my my gut reaction is also to give it a bit of a lower score. I kind of thought it was a. Um, a bit of a filler episode in some ways, but yeah, you're right. The animation really should drive that score up. Uh, the fact that we got a, the visualization of a, of a planet again um, it, with this new animation style is awesome. Um, and there's some redeeming quality. So I, I'll give it a, give it an eight. That's solid. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll round this out. When I first watched it, I had all these same thoughts as y'all. Um, <clears throat> enjoyed it. Again, going to more of a mission of the week kind of thing wasn't as fun but i just watched it again right before we started recording today and i had a lot of fun i really really enjoyed it the second time around uh, i think once you watch it again with like without the weight of expectations you know we always say manage your expectations and then we never listen to it ourselves once you just kind of know it's not really going to be part of like the crosshair camino stuff and just watch it for what it is it's a really good time so i'll give it like an 8.4 i really thought it was fun i love seeing raxis again um, and, and let's dive right into that first all. So, for those of you that don't know, the planet Raxus Secundus was the meeting site of the Confederate Senate, where in Clone Wars, we saw Ahsoka and Padme go there. They met Mina Bonteri and Lux Bonteri, right? Uh, so, to start off, okay. one, how cool is it seeing this planet again? Again, we haven't been to the Separatist planets in a while. And two, is this the most detailed visual planet we've seen so far? Because, yeah. like, like the chat's already saying, like you guys have said, Oh leaves, my God, the, the detail on yeah, this planet. It's nuts. Yeah, I, I commented on that when I was watching it live. It's just like, man, the visualization of the trees, the way the wind blew the trees, and like there were leaves like flying around in the shots and stuff. And like, mm -hmm. dude, it's like a freaking video game engine. It's incredible. Yeah, I love the video game comparison because I was watching it at the end when they were taking the tanks out. I'm like, oh, I want to play this level. <clears throat> like, this just yeah. looks like a fun <laughs> game. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a good map for Battlefront. I would love that. And I would just love the vacation. I would just love the vacation. <laughs> vacation. I mean, it yeah. Would be it really looks, like a, looks like a really great planet to visit during the fall. <laughs> yep. Yes. I love that. 
<laughs> yeah, I was I was also really impressed that when we started there, because I feel like most most episodes we haven't we started with the batch and then we go somewhere. Um, unless it's like Camino. So I liked starting with these new characters. So that, that was a brave move. And I liked that it was a crowd scene filled with a bunch of different types of characters. Because I feel like in Clone Wars, we get crowd scenes. And if you look close, you can see the copy paste just to kind of fill yeah. out. Which, okay, it's animation. I get it. It's a lot of people. But Charles, before we were recording, you mentioned you were seeing a, a bunch of different types of uh, people in that crowd. I don't Weren't think you? I did mention that, but maybe that someone Wes? else did. Was it Wes? <laughs> yeah, it was me. Dang it! <laughs> it's the other white guy in the Batwards hat. Yeah, so we had, uh, like, Pantorans. Pantorans were there. We had uh, the goat people. Um, I thought I Goals. saw some Mandalorians. Like, some... Yeah, but not not yeah, armored, were, but like they're not, not the the citizens. They, yeah, citizens yeah. of Mandalore. Sorry. They, they, they all have they all have well defined uh, jawlines. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you can cut glass on. That's how they cut the buildings on Mandalore. They just hit it with their chins. That's right. Repeatedly. But it was it was super diverse. There wasn't any one species um, <clears throat> or like sector that was taking over. It was like everybody had some um, representation. It was great. Yeah, I liked yeah. it. Well, that was interesting, too, because we always talk about how the Empire is so non-diverse, like especially in the novels. That's what we get into, like the, the bigger they get, the more it's all human centric. Mm -hmm. And to see the separatist capital be like all these different races, like we had all those guys. We, we had some Twi'leks in there. Like I thought that was a really cool visual distinction on taking the planet that we've all thought of as bad guys for seven seasons of Clone Wars. Right. And then the first time we go back to a separatist planet in Bad Batch, it's like, oh, these are the actually fully diverse population trying to fight back against yeah. this government. I thought that was a really cool choice. Yeah, the I mean, uh, the description of the episode was something like uh, Bad Batch struggles with ideology or something like mm -hmm. that, yeah. which is very interesting. And like, I was like, ooh, what's that going to be? And as soon as they brought up the fact they were going to a separatist planet and they were like really kind of battling with that, I thought that was really cool. So that's really what drove yeah. the score up a lot for me is that like, like I never thought we would be like fighting on a you know i always say, what what is what is uh what does he say he says like like i always thought we would end up on raxus eventually or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when hunter says it it's it, it, it is the like never thought i'd die fighting side by side with an elf kind of thing yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> i'd like to, well, to point out one thing that uh it's star wars laziness and it's been apparent <laughs> this great. this started so raxus is the separatist planet and then like the capital city is raxalon <laughs> so if we're looking in reality terms that's like somebody coming to earth and going to earthington Naboo is in the Naboo system, which is kind of just like a giant middle finger to all the other planets in the system. Like, no, true, right? not us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all, they also have like so and so prime, which means that there's like two or three of those bad boys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, mm -hmm. yes, this is Raxus Secundus. So this exactly. is the, isn't it even the main Raxus. It's a yeah. cool name. We got to use this name again for that planet next door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, you've been to Rax's tertiary? Man, it's awesome. Rax's no, but, septus. But talking, um, talking about, like, the whole ideology part, I don't know why. I'm really high on this Avi Singh character. I thought it was really yeah, cool yeah. to actually hear him whispering back and forth with, uh, with his droid GS-8 yeah. about whether mm -hmm. or not he was going to back the Empire or not when he addressed the crowd. And having him kind of visualizing that struggle and then seeing him um, decide to call out the Empire for what it is, knowing that he was going to be like arrested and yeah. imprisoned. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I had a lot of respect for him, and I felt like they got a lot of depth of his character in that relatively short scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Shade, Shade's a Padme. Like, Padme would have been proud. Yeah, sure. and and I think you, you said it really well earlier that the 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 droid and JS8 and Avi Singh were probably two of the stronger, you know, one episode characters I think we've had in, in honestly any animation. Like I think they really made a really strong case for their their need to be in this episode. Like you're saying, he really had a lot of great ideals, a little bit of like early rebellion stuff, but it kind of showed that, oh, we don't have to wait till we get the organized rebellion. There were people from day one trying to speak out against the empire for their people. And I think that's honestly yeah. something we we haven't really seen yet. And that was yeah. really kind of a cool a cool light to show for the Bad Batch. And I want to ask you guys on that note, Corey, where you said it really nicely. What did you think about the Batch's reaction to going to Raxus in the <laughs> first place, especially Echo? That's the one that really hit me because yeah. knowing what they all went through, what he went through at the hand of the Separatists. Like, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, I I really like seeing the humanity of, of the Separatists versus, uh, you know, versus the Republic. Like, you know, that's been a recurring theme through the Clone Wars, and then now we're seeing it again in Bad Batch. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's cool to see that, like, you know, this was all a, a plan manipulated by the Emperor, and it was just that there was, like, a real movement, and and, and they just manipulated that, right? So I, I, I thought it was really, really cool to, to see the Bad Batch sort of struggle with that. Um, particularly Echo, um, mm -hmm. because I mean he he was kind of more I don't know he was a reg right so yeah, yeah. probably a little more and, and a prisoner of war I mean for years he yeah. had the separatists going into his mind so it's it's yeah, like that's a good point yeah it's like how you hear about those old like the World War II vets that can't quite let it go mm -hmm. that are always like hey man it, it's fine now <clears> and they're always just like it, it's really hard no. for them to let go of that intensity because they it, were they won't buy Sony products because they're Japanese exactly yeah. and it's like yo man you can't. <laughs> That's and it's just like that hard line yeah. and to watch like hunter and echo i think had it the most and then was, was it wrecker or no was it tech that was like we're not here to play politics we're here to like do a job or something like that yeah, yeah. yeah hunter Tech's... really sorry go ahead, i Charles. think it was echo said uh like when they were flying in he was like i can't believe we're gonna help a separatist and i think it was tech that said something like so you have said repeatedly and i was just <laughs> like <"Dang."> yeah <laughs> yeah it's a hunter really seemed to not like struggle with that at all he was just like whatever we have a job to do let's just freaking mm -hmm. do it like it was very interesting yeah. Yeah. like this is surprising but it also like the bad batch you know they they seemed less morally when at least when we met them they were less morally about the republic and like another grand day in the in the 501st like there was yeah. none of that they're like all right we're really good at what we do what do you mm -hmm. what do you need us to do and come in yep. whereas you know echo has always been fascinating to me because he's riding that line of knowing what it was like as a rookie knowing what it was like as a reg and then becoming a prisoner of war and now being spec ops and now yeah. being on the run. Like <clears throat> he's kind of had every avenue. And then they're like, Hey, come help this separatist Senator who you thought was your mortal enemy for, for years. Like, right. I think it speaks to, um, also there are definitely failings within the Republic during the clone wars era because, and we know what a lot of them were, yeah. but like strong take. No, but, but what I mean by that is, <laughs> Clearly, they think all Separatists are evil. We saw Ahsoka mm -hmm. kind of thought that as well in Clone Wars episodes when they went to Raxus, and then she met me in a Bonteria, and all the senators actually seem pretty cool, like mm -hmm. good, decent people. And if you just look at what their what their base mission is, like there's no evil intent there. Like they just don't want to be part of a, a giant republic or a giant empire. Yeah. And like Corey said, it was Dooku that really twisted that and and used that to kind of fuel his plan and and Sidious's plan so 
it's interesting that the soldiers of the Republic, they just think, oh, separatists evil. Like we, how can we go help this guy? Like it can't be a good person. And it's not at all true. So, I mean, that just shows you the propaganda and the war machine that, Mm -hmm. you know, took place in the Republic as well. Yeah. And speaking of propaganda and and war machines, literally, I want to give a shout out to uh, Nathan and our team brought this up in our Utini Slack Bad Batch channel that we got really, really strong Tiananmen Square vibes in the beginning of this. Didn't we? Like we we got wow. we've had a lot of like World War Two imagery, Vietnam imagery in Star Wars is is very not unsubtle. Right. But in the beginning, I really liked how Nathan put it. And Corey, you commented on it as well that the tanks rolling into the square to get people like that was that was kind of chilling for me to start because yeah. that's such a that's such a clear picture of of world history yeah yeah that, the reference that we were actually talking about was it looked very similar to like like tiananmen square mm-hmm. i don't know i think that's how you pronounce it tiananmen yep, but um, yeah that's right my bad something like that yeah but yeah like that looks very similar to to that which is which is very dark period of you know communist chinese history and like mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely had the vibes. And, you know, when they rolled in the tank, too, like, I thought it was super cool. Like, the whole tank chase scene was really interesting and, like, very reminiscent. You love your of, tanks. Like, you love yeah, all me, tanks. I know, man. Like, uh, I, I, I do. And, like, getting those sort of – it's really classic – talking about World War II, really classic imagery to get out of, like, tank battle stuff. It's, like, mm-hmm. slow mm-hmm. and tedious and lining up the <laughs> shots. And, like, it's it was good, man. It was really, really good. Yeah, I was yeah. I was thinking that when I was watching. I was like, why, do, why doesn't this – tank shoot the other tank from behind and as i'm thinking this all these all these questions were answered it's yeah. like the and he did try to shoot and wrecker had moved the cannon over a little bit so it missed the, yeah. the missed the great yep. and then it's like why doesn't that other tank just shoot one of those lobbing shots on top of their tank and they did but they missed and i was like wow yep. they're answering all the questions that i've had yeah. and so that's really good storytelling really good animation mm-hmm. by the by the tanks themselves and the last shot that they had whenever they shot the tank whenever the uh bad batch had left through the uh subterranean era mm-hmm. um they when it hit the tank the tank shook and it moved a little and then it had smoke come out like an earlier animation it wouldn't have it yeah. wouldn't have had all that, right? Oh no! Everybody, like, bump, bump, like <laughs> yeah. I was gonna, I was, right? I was actually gonna comment on that. It's like the the explosion animation, the realism is much better. Like that first shot, like it didn't just like it didn't just like hit the tank and it blew up or something dumb, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it it blew a big hole in it, a smoking mm-hmm. hole, and then there was some delay, and then the tank crashed. It was very realistic, like it felt yeah. like. Whereas previous animation would have just been like you know boom and done and they all survived miraculously somehow even though the tank literally exploded they were inside of it right so yeah it was it was good it was good all the smoke inside the cockpit too that stayed there the whole time Mm -hmm. like when when tech was trying to work on stuff in the cockpit it was like smoky the whole time like it was good it was awesome and like the and like the light was refracting based on like where's the smoke where's the like someone had to mathematically calculate in a computer where's the light coming from where's the source how big is the opening is there smoke is there haze like so much stuff and i really liked especially in the tank animation i want to ask you guys about uh the the battles around them because one of the things we've always loved about the bad batch crew is that they fight like crazy they're they're awesome we we sometimes forget how much better they are at individual combat than than regs right but like in that walker chase we had hunter like sliding across and like stunning people and wrecker like jumping up and like they're throwing grenades and bashing people with doors like it had been a while i think since we got a full-on bad batch like 
like two guys against a platoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys so, think speak- about? Go ahead. Speaking of that, um, I was gonna say I found it a little annoying that it was all stuns. Why okay, was that? Let's talk thing? about it. Let's talk about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the easy, obvious, I guess, canon explanation is that they don't want to kill fellow clones, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But that has not been a a restriction in earlier episodes. Yep, like, they've used live fire before. Yeah. So why did they do that? You guys have any ideas? It wasn't commented on, right? I don't think so. No, no. I and I and I thought this was interesting because so. We get the we get the walkers are are rare Clone Wars, right? We've always seen these walkers as good guys. Whenever the ATTEs come in, that means that the good guys in the episode of television are gonna win. This one, it's turned around. All right, those are the bad guys, and I think the Bad Batch in this one, we're also dealing with like this is organized clone army. So morally, do we want to kill these clones that are just doing their job? But also, it's an extraction mission, so maybe the idea is, do we want a body count? of like a ton of dead soldiers mm-hmm. while we're trying to just take this guy away. Cause also they're not against Raxus the planet. Yeah. They don't want any, like they don't, they don't want to misfire and hit civilians. I think they don't want as many casualties. So I think a combination of the morality of the clones just doing their jobs, I guess, but also the fact that it's supposed to be a stealth mission. It's supposed to be about extracting as opposed to yeah. killing yeah, maybe, I think but we, it was different. I think we often underestimate the the psychological toll that it would take <laughs> to kill a clone of yourself, yeah, too. Sure, right? Sure. Like, I mean, the closest we could imagine <clears throat> is point. if you have a twin sibling or something like that. Like, you just that's you. Him. Yeah, that's you, know. you in that armor in front of you. I <laughs> yeah. find it, I find it very understandable to not want to kill that person. But I do agree that it felt a little. It felt like a shift that wasn't necessarily yeah. addressed yeah. with story it was it was really noticeable and i don't don't know why it was so noticeable like i don't know it was weird also the stun did not last very long like there was a there was that one you know the 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 captain or officer or whatever that was on the stage in the beginning like they stunned her when they Mm -hmm. first captured the senator and uh she like came out onto the balcony like it was very short period of time so i don't know that was sort of odd too that there's not been really good consistency in star wars storytelling in general about like how long does the stun bolt last like (laughs) is there a setting that you put like all right eight minutes like is that what you click on your gun or like a microwave yeah exactly the answer is 30 seconds yeah it lasts as long as the storyteller needs it to last. That's, exactly. it, that's, the, that's, that's exactly the rule. it. That's exactly it. Which is maybe you know always. Maybe it's something goofy. they're gonna they're gonna revisit in a later episode because they could be like, well, if we had killed everybody, then the question mm-hmm. would have arose with the people, whose side are you really on? Because they're both killing, right? They're both killing yeah. people. So I mean, nobody's really good in the, in all in that sense either. So yeah, well, that's why the Clone Wars were so easy to tell. Because I mean. We mentioned earlier that the separate that we see, yeah, we see the separatists now as people, right? In the square, they're just all these different races that are trying to be free. Whereas in the Clone Wars, like, yeah, they're all droids, they're all robots, and shooting droids can be comic. But shoot every time we shoot a person, like we've mentioned it in this show, whenever yeah. Fennec Shan like shot that cop through the chest, it was like, whoa, that's a person. Yeah, like excessive. It takes you a second. <laughs> yeah. So I, that was I very also... intentional by George Lucas right. too, right? To use droids, he specifically yep. he said the good guys can't be going around just murdering real people. Um, yeah. And, and that was sort of a shift in the prequels. Obviously, that definitely happened in the original trilogy, but that's also why he had everyone in helmets. Yep. Um, and so mm-hmm. even though this show is is darker and kind of more gritty than a lot of the stuff we've seen before, I do think they probably are trying to pay some respect to that as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the imagery, I guess, is true, too, because I'm thinking about the last time. It's really the only other time I can think of on top of my head when we actually did see live fire shooting at other clones was uh, was in the previous episode with with uh, Crosshair. Right. And there was a lot of. Yeah evil imagery around those clones right of like the yeah. way that the shuttle landed all the clones lined up the empire it looked very empire and evil and just the imagery yep. was all very dark like this is this is the evil empire like maybe this maybe the empire that's on raxus is still sort of the pretend empire that we don't know is evil yet like some of that imagery mm -hmm. is could certainly play into why they decided to do that or, or, or maybe they just wanted a bunch of nerds on Star Wars podcasts to debate about it. I don't know. <laughs> One of the two. That's what they always want. That's right. But I think that that is an interesting point, though, as we go further. Like, the batch is evolving. Like, they are going from the spec ops, you know, come in and get the job done guys to, like, the dad batch, as we affectionately call them. But, like, that yeah. is how they are. Like, they're softening uh, episode by episode. I think that their attitude towards violence and killing is shifting. And <clears throat> I really wonder now, as we the last thing I really wanted to talk about is a, is a great transition from this. Where do we go now? Because every job they've had to do the last what five or six episodes has been to try to erase their debt from Sid. Even the crosshair episodes, they wanted to steal weapons from Bracca to repay their debt. That debt's gone now. Mm -hmm. So for, we have six episodes left in the season and now they are debt free. So yeah. what do you think? You know, they started this episode Hunter saying we want to lay low. We don't want to do anything, and Sid's like, "Nope, you got debt to pay." Well, that's not the case anymore. Yes, so, this, chi this child has paid off your debt using gambling. <laughs> I love it. That's the best morality lesson we've had all all series. And there's um, apparently there's no age <laughs> restriction on uh, on gambling. In, oh, absolutely not. Star Why Wars would there be? World, which is fine. Which is that'd fine. be lame. <laughs> that'd be ridiculous. Be lame. You just, you just have to be supervised by an adult. That's of all. Exactly. Uh, but where do, you, where do you guys think they go now? Like. Do they, would you stay with Sin, who is, I, I kind of kept you safe-ish thus far? Do you I think, think they go? Uh, I, I, my money, my money is still on, they're going to eventually hook up with Rex again. And like mm -hmm. this, this, I thought this was going to be the episode where they did it because like. They're going to hook up with Rex? That's a different <laughs> show. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Was, <laughs> who, who is, uh, who is paying Sid like to rescue this Senator? Like. Right. Oh, these oh. have got to be like rebellion ties, right? Oh, I, think I, the, mean... I think the droid. I think the senator. Like, I feel like the senator wired <laughs> money through the droid, and the droid like sent the money to Sid. I guess, but that's also, I guess, my opinion. I, I followed your yeah. instructions to the letter, which is what. Like, if if something ever happens to me, I want you to hire this person off the black market and hopefully they can rescue me like what the heck does that even mean? Yeah, who do, who, who doesn't have a black market person that if you ever get kidnapped will rescue you? Come on, are I you guys don't. children? You know, wow. I have three. I've had my black market. <laughs> but that is a good point, though. Like, I think the, the hookup with the Rebellion and Rex makes sense. Do you think that, do you think they want to get Crosshair back at this point? Or do they think he's working Kaminoans like, we just got to go? I don't know. I don't know what, I, I don't know how that's going to conclude. I don't I know think... if he's going to turn good. I mean, he's, he's a pretty unredeemable character. He's, the more the show goes on, he gets kind of more and more evil so i don't know true he was he was yeah. gonna cook them with an engine for christ's sake i mean yeah <laughs> come on not a great look <laughs> i mean so they're finally just lightly toast them <laughs> they're finally out of debt and what would you do if you were finally out of debt I'd not vacation for... home vacation home that's what they're doing they're gonna <laughs> yeah. be saving up and they're moving off planet <laughs> they're maybe, going to naboo maybe is what you're Alderaan. saying <laughs> maybe Alderaan, and that's how we get rid of them to begin with 
<laughs> oh my god if this series ends with them retiring to alderaan oh god and then they're like well that's what happened to alderaan is like the safest planet possible nothing ever happens on alderaan <laughs> oh my god the bad batch take up bail organa's guest room and then right. that's that's how the series ends is that they're gonna what's be the empire like... gonna do blow up the planet come on I sorry that wow. that threw me, man. I'm like, <laughs> that's dirty. How dare I on such a, <laughs> on such a holiday? I'm sorry if you had to do that. Although live. I would love that, guys. Every single new character brought in in the next five years just always goes to Alderaan. That's how they. <laughs> every so single one is always just blown up at the end. Oh, terrible! Uh, well, so be... I think I think based on what you were saying, though. Um, Sid's not just going to go away, I don't think, even though that yeah. they are no longer in debt to her. I think we're going to see some payoff from that character. Either it turns out she is on their side and like is a decent person, or she betrays them, yeah. which is what I yeah. initially suspected of her. Uh, but she, show, she showed a, a lot more of herself, I think, in recent episodes that she maybe does have a kinder heart than mm -hmm. she initially was portrayed to have, especially with how she was with um with omega during this episode so we're gonna get some payoff from that but i don't think she's gonna be in season two and season three if there's a season three i agree i and i think yeah she didn't have to give omega any winnings like she could have scammed her but she's like no you're sure we'll let we'll let you help out with this that was very you know benevolent of her also jacob in the chat just said Re retiring to alderaan is the star wars equivalent of being sent to the farm upstate <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Oh god. Mice and men vibes. How well, do you uh <laughs> how do you guys think we're gonna swing around back on uh on Omega like this sort of revealing in this episode that she's like a really talented strategist? That's very interesting. Yeah. I think that's her thing on the mission now. I think she yeah. might be she might be not running point, but like in the background with tech, maybe. Hmm. Like this isn't the right way to go. Like, why do you think that? Well, see, there's footsteps right here all going to mm -hmm. the right. I can see them, but so we need to go to the left. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got this I got it, the scripts beforehand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And it lives up to like Star Star Wars has always been about respecting how good kids are at stuff. Or like you know, Luke is a teenager. Leia's a teenager. Like trusting a kid is not really outside the realm of possibility for Star Wars storytelling. So I like the idea that the Bad Batch is like, oh, you're really good at this. We now have a reason that you're very good at strategy. Awesome. Yeah. We, yeah. we will use that. You know. I um, think. Um kind of rounding it out this is the very beginning of let's say like the moths or the uh the governors yeah because right? who is who is uh is governing uh raxus now since the senator is gone so they have to have yeah. like imperials right. there but uh -huh. you have to have a head imperial maybe they start uh, inputting these uh these authority figures yeah. on, on these yeah planets. yeah and i and i like i really really enjoyed now we, we said this from the start of bounty hunt like seeing the empire slowly take over politically throughout the bad batch having them be witnesses to it i think this is probably the most overt we've seen so far yeah. of literally a, a ousting a senator taking over the ruling of a, of a separatist planet i think was a great thing i think we're going to continue to see that and that does kind of line up with what you're saying Corey. i do think we we end the season probably with the rebellion or with this uh a faction of Rex or someone because it does seem like I do think this is going to be a multi-season show. I think we, they, they mentioned that earlier, but I, I think season one is on the run, maybe getting crosshair back, joining the rebellion and season two will be working with a rebel cell. It, it yeah. really feels okay. like that's where they're going. 
It yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And I love it. Well, um, any final thoughts for you guys on this one? I mean, we talked again. For, it's, it's always funny for being a fillerish episode. There's still so much to get. There's still so much to right. love. And we said it once. We said it a million times. This animation is not normal. All other shows step up and and recognize that the that the bar has been lifted for all animation forever. It's yeah. just, just incredible stuff. I'm just noticing all the puzzle pieces too throughout the the Star Wars universe. So when we first saw Episode Four, we see like the the Empire take hold, and then mm. like take a step back in Rebels, we see the Empire, the beginning of the Empire, but we don't know really know how they got there. And then say the Bad Batch is just implementing the the Empire itself, right? So they're mm -hmm. just putting in, they're just putting in a curfew, they're just sending in. Hey, change out your credits to imperial credits, kind of stuff. And you're like, hey, mm -hmm. now it's all coming into place, and they're doing it through animation, which is awesome yeah. because they're they're making this story whole. And you can, with with people who saw this long, early on, like us with the prequels, um, older with the uh, with the original trilogy. Now they can watch that with their kids, and they're just they can have the same yeah aha moment with their kids as they're having it with uh, yeah. with other yeah. people. Yeah, and it's interesting. I had a. There's there's a Twitter user uh, called Alderanian Rose who I believe I'm, I don't want to get this wrong I think it's from the Ukraine, and she talked that she would watch Rebels with the kids in Ukraine when there was like that takeover when Russia was doing that giant takeover a couple years ago to explain to the kids like this is kind of what's happening like this is what it looks like and the stuff that's actually happening in the world like Star Wars is showing this stuff like little by little they're like oh we won't treat you any different because you're a separatist but we need your senator to kind of give an oath of allegiance and then oh we're not going to do this but and i think it's really good for kids like in the bigger scale to see this stuff to like say hey keep an eye out like you will get to keep your calamari flan if yeah. uh you know maybe 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 it raises a little red flag so sure uh, i do have uh, one more final thought that's on a similar level of depth <clears throat> about uh the shortcomings of humanity avi singh great hat <laughs> fantastic yes! hat oh my and monocle and hat <laughs> the, yes. yeah a the plus. hologram he, monocle that so was i will awesome. say for a for a heartbeat i thought it was it could have been like inspector thanath from uh the vader because he had he had like <laughs> oh, shots yeah. and a monocle yeah. and there's not that many people in the galaxy that can pull that off but obviously is one of them his hat was not as good as snoke's hat but nope, it is a close is. second, I think. He, lo he looked like he could be like, uh, like at the front of a parade. He looked like a fun guy. <laughs> you know what? I hope he, needs, I hope he, he comes needs one back. of those scepters with like a big, <laughs> yes, big yes. gem on the end of it. And he like, yeah. Uh, He's what, the grand uh, marshal uh, of the, the parade. Uh, yeah, exactly. The uh, other sort of odd element of this episode was the vase that like yes oh the vase yeah, yeah that came back like four times and it kept it kept why <laughs> it's such a random thing to put the in there and then he fucking and he chucked it at a, a yeah, clone trooper <laughs> yeah, i never cared much for it he just threw it <laughs> it was hilarious it's hilarious yeah man. it was good like all these dark topics and they still keep it fun they still keep it funny this is a funny well-rounded show and and uh and it's gonna emotionally devastate us i i, I know like we're, it, it was too funny, too fun, too light at the end here. I'm like, oh no, we we've played this game before. I've read the Rising Storm. I know it gets, it's <laughs> gonna be, it's gonna be rough. But don't you, on, don't you bring that up. My heart is still in yeah, pieces. Yeah, Charles just read on on that note. Everyone, a uh, teaser as we, oh, I'm trying to do more in these bounty hunts. 
Tomorrow night, we will be missing Corey on The Living Force, but we will be having a show that's a, a High Republic recap show. There will be no spoilers for Wave 2, but we're going to address kind of how the first week went. We're going to compare the launch of Wave 1 to the launch of Wave 2. We're going to talk about some of our favorite designs that have appeared in the show and also talk about spoiler culture because our Discord and our community has been amazing with spoilers, but that's hard to do. So tomorrow night's show... Come tune in to geek out about all the High Republic greatness that's been going on and learn how to avoid maybe some spoilers if you haven't read stuff yet and how to kind of take that with you as you go forward in your Star Wars reading journey. But my friends, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Bounty Hunt. Keep your eyes out for our next hunt. We'll be diving into episode 11. This one goes to 11 of The Bad Batch. A special thank you to Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council. Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C, and Sally and Chris Eilerson and our Alliance High Command for their amazing support that makes this show possible. Go ahead and tell us all your thoughts about the Bad Batch and our Discord community at eugene.com slash Discord. Keep those spoiler tags going. And be sure to follow our main show on Twitter at LivingForcePod and all of us for our latest thoughts about all things Star Wars at Eric Eilerson, at DocStarWarsMD, at C. Hankel, and at Boss Wes. Until next time, bye. I don't know. Have a good Sunday. Fireworks suck. I hate them. You've been listening to the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Yeah? Good. To learn more about other Utini Patreon exclusives, visit utini.com.